My sons enjoyed sitting and talking to him and asking their dad questions about his youth and his teenage years. I was amazed at the time not only how much enjoyment that that he got from this and they got from it, but also we've been together 38 years and I was surprised how much there was that I didn't know about my husband. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and influential guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and Zestful Ager. And if you like this podcast, you'll love my companion course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You'll have access to what I've learned from being a psychotherapist for 30 years and the latest research on what habits really matter and contribute to vibrant aging. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. Last week, we had the honor of speaking with Kathleen Switzer. She's the first woman to officially run the Boston Marathon. And now she's working on a really interesting global initiative called 261 Fearless. She's trying to bring the power of running to girls and women all over the world. She's really interested in empowerment. And she has a great book called Running and Walking for Women Over 40. I think you're going to love that interview. She is a real pleasure. Next week, we're going to speak with Liz O'Donnell. Liz is the author of a book called Working Daughters, A Guide to Caring for Your Aging Parents. And you may have seen her work Uh, recently in the Atlantic Monthly. She also has a thriving online community. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky beside me, my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Jolene Hill, who wants to encourage families to have meaningful conversations about what really matters in life. Her campaign, Life is Short, So Let's Talk, is designed to recognize our intrinsic need to remember and celebrate our life and achievements and talk about our wishes for our future. She's passionate about the importance of creating a record of our life journey for future generations and has creative created innovative conversation starter cards to kickstart these discussions. Welcome to the show, Jolene. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's lovely to join you today. So let me just ask you to tell your story and how you came to create these conversation starter cards. Uh, yes, well, there's there's two parts to my story. One is is to do with my personal life. So my husband, David passed away 10 years ago. Um, He had uh, cancer and I became his full-time carer for 17 months. And during that time, uh, we have five sons uh, with partners, so we're a large family. And one of the things that we enjoyed doing with him uh, was 
My sons enjoyed sitting and talking to him and asking their dad questions about his uh, his youth and his teenage years. Uh, and it was, I was amazed at the time not only how much enjoyment that that he got from this and they got from it, but also we've been together 38 years and I was surprised how much there was that I didn't know about my husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> like anything stand out in particular? Um, most particular was when he was, he was apprenticed at 15 years of age. So he was very young and he went into a, a big workplace factory and those were very important years to him with the older men that mentored him. And I really didn't know anything about that. He had never spoken about it to me. So I, I can understand that even though we, we, our loved ones, we think we know a lot about their life experiences, we often don't. Um, and particularly his sons found it very interesting. He, he gained a lot, my husband, from passing on a lot of reaffirming his values to his sons Mm -hmm. and talking about the principles he'd lived by. And, uh, you know, that that was extremely important to him. So I took that very much to heart. And the other part of my story is my career background is as a funeral director. Mm -hmm. So I I also know from my professional career, um, quite often talking to families how much uh, they, they don't know about their mum, dad, grandma or granddad's early life. I see. So you you noticed that when you were in the funeral business. How, how did that come up? How did you recognize that? Uh, when, as a funeral director, we sit with families and we, we talk to them and uh, we have to have a lot of information to make a, a register their, the death of the past, person who's passed away and some of the questions are things like, uh, what was your your father's first job? And I might have three adult children there and I would get three different answers to that question. Uh-huh. And, you know, one would say he worked at the railways and, and one would say, well, no, no, he worked at the bakery first. And uh-huh. one would say, I've, I've never heard that he worked at the bakery. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there'd be a lot of confusion about this early life. I think it's just something probably that we, you know, when we're with our families, we talk about the weather and we talk about what's in the news and what's happening locally. We probably don't sit down and start talking about our experiences from earlier on in our life. So there's Do you a think lo- that, yes. Do you think there's a cultural part to this, Jolene, that maybe in different cultures it's... Um, more common to talk about personal things. I know you are in Australia. Is that that's, correct? That's right, and and and, and it could yeah. be a, it could be a cultural, uh, as you said, a cultural thing in Australia. Perhaps in your country or European countries, they talk more about their life stories. Um, I I can't answer that question because I don't know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in Australia, uh, do you find that there's a comfort in general talking about personal uh, issues? Oh, absolutely. What what we find is, and you know, this it can be in different settings, but particularly the first one I think I mentioned was, you know, you can people like to reaffirm their values that they've lived by when they talk about their past experiences. Um, we use these cards a lot now in an aged care setting 
to encourage people in aged care to start talking and perhaps get something written down as a legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite often, you know, we find that, that uh, people can reconcile past issues that they, they start to express their thoughts and feelings about. Um, and often it can, it can strengthen their sense of purpose uh, and give them a renewed sense of well-being. Um, I see. Can you give so, me an example of so, somebody who you remember using mm-hmm. these cards and, and, and something came out of it or developed um, from using these cards? Absolutely. I, I, I go out and give a lot of community talks to a lot of different types of uh, community and uh, uh, seniors groups. And I was giving a talk one day to a cancer support group so this group had been meeting for about 15 years. Uh, everyone in the group uh, was either recovering or had recovered from cancer. You know, when you're in a group, you often have people who talk a lot and people mm-hmm. who talk very little and everybody in between. Mm-hmm. And I had a lady sitting quite near me who was very quiet. When it came to the part of the talk, I often give out my conversation starter cards and I, I invite people to read out the question and then... Uh, talk tell their story and this lady put her hand up for a card and her card the question was tell me three things that best describe you and her first word to describe herself was survivor now this lady had been coming to the group for 15 years so they all knew each other well and when she said the word survivor uh, of course I thought that makes sense it's a cancer support group but she spoke for about 15 minutes about the fact that she had been the victim of domestic violence for 40 years and when she turned 60 she had gathered the strength to um, separate from her husband and she talked about how this had affected her life and her children. Now while she was talking I looked around the group and literally their mouths were hanging open. They've known this lady for 15 years and she had never mentioned this. I say the cards are a, a bit like a talking stick. Um, Aha, yes. In a meeting, you know, you, your hand at the talking stick, well, in this case, it's, it's one of the conversation starter cards, and you're given permission to speak. And this lady felt she now had permission to talk about that, where she could never have brought it up before. Um, mm. So that, that's just one small example, but um, we sometimes get astonishing things happen with people talking about past experiences where they didn't feel they had permission to bring that up before in their family. Wow, I could see how it would be a real entree into deep discussions and maybe not all of them so pleasant. Some of them might be rather difficult. Uh, We do. When I talk into community groups, I, I, I mention that before we start talking that you know, whilst we say it's lovely to talk about our life experiences, for some people that might not be as pleasant or as a happy thing as it is for other people. But certainly in a one-on-one setting, talking about some past issues can be a very cathartic experience for some mm. people. Uh-huh. Can you, you mention one of the cards said, how would you describe yourself? What are the three things? Could you tell our listeners what some of the other cards might uh, might say? Uh, yes, there's, there's 50 uh, conversation starter cards, and 
they they have questions. You know, writing something about your life story is, is not just about the chronological order or the, the facts and the figures. It's really, you know, that certainly comes into it, but it's really about um, expressing your thoughts and feelings about the experiences that you've had in your life. So we tried to put questions there that would open up to stories because that's what they are, they're conversation starters. So, you know, questions like, what is the most adventurous thing that you have done in your life? Mm. Or what is the time you've laughed so hard that you've cried? Mm. Or, um, you know, what is the the best and the worst advice you've ever been given? Mm -hmm. Um, All of these things can lead to to fascinating stories that people come out with. one that comes to mind is, and a good one of the good ones is, what is the best thing about your life at this time? So, you know, sometimes when people are talking to a family member about that, that can that can bring up present issues that they've wanted to talk to them about. Uh-huh. So, so all of the, the questions can lead to much deeper stories that people uh can express to their their family and friends. And are you hoping, I know that one of your goals is to help people be clear about their wishes at the end of life. Is that, is that accurate? That's exactly right. Um, And once again, that's from personal experience with my husband. We had, he and I had never had that conversation. And I can tell you it's a very difficult conversation to have when somebody um, is ill. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's much better to have that conversation early on when we're fit and healthy and clear-minded and, and can talk clearly about what we would like in our future healthcare uh, to our family. So my, unfortunately uh, we hadn't done that and it was very difficult towards the end of his life. It can cause a lot of uh, unnecessary dysfunction in family members if this hasn't been discussed clearly by that person beforehand. I think it's, oh, I'm sorry. I I think it's fascinating that as a a previously, uh, a previous funeral director, you had not had that conversation. It just goes to show how, how easy it is to avoid this. It is. Absolutely. It is. My my husband had um, what's called, a slang term, white coat fever, in that he was diagnosed with cancer at 60 years of age, but it was the first time he had ever been to a doctor in his mm. life. Mm-hmm. And so he had a strong resistance to anything to do with, with health, discussions about health or uh, that type of thing. So that's how that came about. But it's very interesting statistics in that... Uh, if you ask people, do they think that's a good idea <laughs> to talk ahead of time about what they would want in their health care as they age and near the end of their life, you know, of course, 95% of people say yes. That's a great you, idea. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Have you done that? No, 14% have done that. So oh, huge, huge difference there in what people think is a good idea but actually doing it and that's because it's a difficult conversation to have Um, yeah it's the extreme you know people will talk about awkward it's the extreme and awkwardness 
It is, and, and in actual fact, that's why I designed the story cards. Before I designed it, there's another set of conversation cards to encourage people to have that on other conversation about what they want in their future. And I know from talking to people that work in this area, social workers and counsellors, uh, that when people talk about their life story, and let's face it, we all like talking about ourselves, once they, they are experienced that, it's a natural seg segue into talking about what we want in our future. Mm. So the two of them fit together. Uh, mm. perfectly so uh, that was my my goal was to encourage people to reflect on their life and and get some of this written down as a legacy but also have that natural flow of conversation to talk about what they want in their future as well with their family and friends Hi, Zestful Agers. I'll be attending the International Federation of Aging's 15th Global Conference on Aging in November of 2020. And if you're interested in improving your understanding of age-friendly environments, debating solutions to address inequalities, confronting the reality of ageism and delving into what it means to enable the functional ability of an older person, head over to ifa2020.org to find out more. There's an early bird special on until the end of the year, so take advantage and join me in Niagara Falls. I'll see you there. Mm -hmm. So now the cards are complete. I know that there are health facilities that are using them in their programming. How do you spend your days um, uh, these days? I go out and I give a lot of uh, community talks. Uh, but I have developed uh, a new program, uh, a biography program, and it's designed at training uh aged care staff and volunteers into how to sit down over a period of sessions and uh, have conversations with their clients in aged care to get a life story written down. So uh, that's my, my uh, new mission at the moment is to get out there into the aged care area and encourage. It, it's a time-consuming thing uh, for staff and aged care to do mm -hmm. and uh, more often than not here in Australia they would look towards their volunteers that come into aged care to spend time as buddies uh, with people in the aged care facility so uh, I've designed a program uh, that's easy for them to follow on how best to go about conducting those conversations and getting a life story written down. My other project at the moment is we have done two pro, um, uh, prototypes. We've gone out to our local primary schools and we've arranged to have uh, a morning where they invite seniors from the community to come into the school and mm -hmm. they use their uh, upper grades in primary, which here would be uh, 10 and 11-year-olds. And they get together at morning tea time for around about an hour to an hour and a half. And we have fun. We set up tables. We seat some of the seniors at a table together with some of the children. And we give out some of these cards. And 
they they take turns intergenerational uh, uh. get together they take turns asking each other questions now when we did the first one we knew the seniors would enjoy this we weren't so sure about the children but the children love it um it is oh an absolute hill hit um, hit with both it's... both uh generation it sounds like it really challenges some some ageist notions that the children might have well absolutely and 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 we have to remember that there are you know quite a lot of children now that don't have uh seniors or grandparents or older aunts and uncles in their lives so they're not exposed to having that older generation around them to talk about mm-hmm. the past. And so um, they find it so interesting. And also, uh, you know, they're, they're being given lovely attention by these seniors who are asking them questions about their life. And they just love it. And at the end of the, um, it usually runs for about an hour and a half, we take a, a microphone around to each table. We ask you know, two of the children to stand up and tell us one or two things that they've learned from the seniors at their table. And we get some some really wonderful stories that the children tell. But one of my favourites is one day a little boy stood up and he said, well, I learned that when Charlie was my age, it was much harder to steal cigarettes from your parents. Uh, oh, sorry, it was much easier. Sorry, How much easier to steal cigarettes which I don't think was what the teachers wanted them to, to really <laughs> learn that day. But nevertheless, Charlie had told them that story. But, oh, um, my goodness. Just, just the, uh, you know, the seniors talking about their childhood where they had no television and, uh, you know, no computers and, um, you know, they're in country areas in Australia. So they rode a horse to school. And oh, the, my goodness. You, you know, the children find this absolutely fascinating they love the stories oh so you're really enriching the children's views and life and also the elders oh yes absolutely and and uh it it's an it's a win-win for both generations uh the seniors love once again that you know not all of them have young children in their lives they might not live near their grandchildren um they love the contact with the children and and vice versa so i'm i'm going to develop that program more through uh our uh, we call them parents and citizens associations that belong at each school Mm -hmm. Um, so we go through them and they organize the morning and put on some morning tea and which we have at the end uh, of the session so uh, it was an idea that I had and um, I've only just started but that's going to keep me very busy I've named I've named it uh, talking talking about my generation <laughs> ah, the who, from the who song <laughs> that's right exactly oh, so uh, I love that. we'll have a website operating soon and that's uh yes that's certainly keeping me busy but I also have speakers. I'm not the only one who goes out to community talks. I have speakers all over Australia and New Zealand. Um, they are mostly uh, funeral celebrants. Uh, so their people were, uh, you, you would call them funeral celebrants in your country, I believe, do you? 
I don't think so. Let me let me try to think what that would be called. Tell me a little bit more. So if people are having a a funeral service, but it's not going to be in a church, um, it's going to be at a different location. They would have a celebrant conduct that. Uh, you know, we have marriage celebrants that conduct marriages. Oh, I see. Then we have funeral celebrants that would conduct a funeral service or a memorial service rather than somebody from the clergy. I think we would call that an official. Just an official, okay. Yeah, like a, um, yeah, uh, something like a, um, some kind of memorial service official. I'm just, I'm just making that up, but um, I'm not familiar with the, the term that you used. So it's just somebody, it sounds like, to lend some officiality to a service that might be in the woods or on the beach or That's right. something like that. Okay. Exactly. So these, uh, they're very uh, good at public speaking and uh, most of them are very community-minded mm-hmm. um, at volunteering at different services in their community. So uh, I've gathered a lot of them together right around Australia and New Zealand and they do exactly what I'm doing. They, they go out and give talks to community groups and uh, carer groups and talk about exactly what we're talking about today, <laughs> the importance of, of families having these really meaningful conversations. I see. What are the challenges to your work right now, Jolene? What are, what are the things that are, are more difficult for you? Talking to people about writing your life story is, is something that everybody enjoys and, and, and can see the importance of and it, it, a, a happy, you know, to you know, buy the cards and, and start that process. The challenge is the other conversation. That's the difficulty that we face in sometimes even talking to groups about that. Um, often their facilitators will say, oh, look, we, we don't want you to, to talk about that conversation or people having to talk to their families about what they want as they're ageing and near the end of their life. So there's, there's certainly still uh, um, a taboo around mm-hmm. that conversation mm-hmm. in the community. And people are reluctant to uh, ask you along to their group because they, they, they fear that it might be a bit of a downer you know, that, mm-hmm. that we, might, we might upset people by, uh, you know, talking about death and dying, really. I mean, it is it is part of life, but it's still very much a subject that people like to avoid. I um, see. They would rather maybe talk about scrapbooking or <laughs> some something in the news or uh, a little bit uh, less sensitive. Yes, yes. And... Uh, you know, I, I have people say to me, well, look, look, I, I don't want to talk about that. I, I, if, if I'm ill and, and, and when I die, I, I won't be around to worry about it. And I say, well, you know, that's, in some ways, it's a little bit selfish because mm-hmm. talking to your family about what you want towards the end of your life and, and, and further, you know, what you want for your funeral and memorialization is a gift. Um, mm-hmm. It's a gift to, to them, giving them some peace of mind that if, if you're no longer able to make decisions for yourself and they are required to do that on your behalf, they know that they're doing what you would want. Mm-hmm. They're not guessing. And as I mentioned before, that can sometimes cause um, a lot of tension in a family 
because not everybody will agree on what should be done. Right, um, right. So uh, that's probably our challenge uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> is to to get people to take this seriously and have that conversation. Um, and you know, at, at people. Uh, Seniors will say to me, we've tried to do this with our adult children, and they say, oh, no, Mum and Dad, we, we don't want to talk about that. You're oh, going to be here for such a long time. I yes, see. we'll leave it. Or uh, young people say to me, I'd love to ask Mum and Dad, but I, I just don't know how to bring the subject up. I don't, want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to upset them or hurt their feelings, so I don't know how to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Jolene, have you heard of the Coffin Club in New Zealand? I have, indeed, yes. (laughs) Yes, they're very well known, aren't they? They are. I actually did an interview with Katie many, many months ago, and I hope my listeners, if they didn't get to hear that interview, the Coffin Club has a beautiful, professionally done video, music video. Oh, yes, they've come a long way since they... You know, the gem of an idea first blossomed. Um, uh-huh. They've certainly uh, advanced that and they're doing a wonderful job, I think. You know, the more that we have that out there, the more uh, it becomes part of the general conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting, when we go out to talk to groups, once we break through that first few minutes of, of what we're going to talk about, um, people will open up. It's It's... Just like they're frightened to, to, to make that initial start in the conversation, but uh-huh. once they get comfortable, they've got plenty they want to tell you about what they want in their future and, and what they do and don't want with their health care. So you have to just break through and then it's easier after that initial push. Most of the time, yes, yes. Mm. I think because, you know, as we age, we, we all have these thoughts about, what we would want in our healthcare. We we see things on the news, we have friends, you know, we hear stories and we, we even if we don't realise it, we, we have decided what we would like in our future. The problem is we don't express it to anybody else. We keep it to ourselves. Right, right. Wow, it sounds like you're doing such good work. Do you remember when you first had the idea that, hey, I can put these on cards and get these published? Do you remember uh, when that that inspiration hit you? Uh, I I do actually. Um, I had the idea that I uh, I wanted to. I initially built a website uh, called yourlifeassist.com.au which is a lot of information for carers. Because I'd been a carer and I found it difficult to find a lot of information that I needed about support that I could get, um, I built a, a website and it took me a year. And as I was building it, in the back of my mind, I, I was all the time thinking about how I could encourage people to have these conversations. And uh, uh, I was just out at a, a, a dinner with friends and um, they suggested you know, that we have some board games to play and they were giving people a choice which one and I noticed one of them was a set of conversation starter cards uh, which were really conversation starter cards for people who hadn't met before and they were just you know, funny cards to use mm-hmm. at a dinner party. And I thought, what a great idea. <laughs> what a great idea. What if I designed cards to get people to have these other conversations? 
about their life story and about their health care. Uh, would people would people like that idea? And uh, you know what we find is that there are ta- everybody's familiar with cards. They're, they're a tactile uh, thing for us to use. They're far less confronting than simply just being asked a question by somebody with a pen and paper in their hand. <laughs> yes, yes. There's yes. a friendliness about it. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I just thought, well, maybe cards would encourage people to to have this conversation. And, you know, the good thing about cards is we're, I have a lot of young people say to me, they see what we're doing, they go, well, this is, this is wonderful. Are you going to design an app? Oh, oh my goodness. And I go, no, no, I think that you're missing the point of the cards. <laughs> you know, if they require an active listener face-to-face, somebody to engage with. Um, this uh, this is not something that we can do with Not for Siri. <laughs> no. That's so. very funny. It's not about gathering data. It's about no. having a conversation. That's exactly right, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. So a lot of your life experience, professional and personal, really led you uh, to kind of be in this mind space of, of, of getting this inspiration that this would have helped me perhaps. And I know that it would have helped some of the people when I was a practicing funeral director. It sounds like it kind of all came together. That, that's exactly right and uh, I'm uh, now at retiring age and uh, I'm not a person that uh, can go very long without some sort of project and this is this is my retirement career now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a people person, I love being out in the community and if I can be out in the community and, and do encourage you know just a few people to, to get their life story uh, written down, it doesn't have to be War and Peace. Um, they can use our cards and they can make it just a lovely little short story with photos. But get something there for future generations. And if I can encourage people to have that conversation about their future healthcare, um, I'm one very happy lady. Aha, that's lovely. And it makes me think that on your, you know, when you're answering the question, what are three things about me? Uh, one of them would be connecting with others and helping them have more meaningful conversations and enriching the world somehow. Uh, that's right. It's, it's, it's a rather large project, but um, I really started sitting at home with my laptop um, all by myself, and I now have 37 speakers, and the cards, uh, conversation starter cards are uh, being sold in your country and Canada, uh, the UK. And New Zealand and here. Uh, so from very small beginnings, and it's only been two years, um, it's mm. grown very rapidly. So oh, I think need. that's partly a timing thing. People are becoming more aware of having to mm. talk about their future health care. Um, and uh, uh, I've just happened to get it out into the right channels. Oh, look, I'll tell you a very short story. I, I, I often start working in the very early in the morning and um, my mail came very early one morning and there was a very official letter and it was an invitation for me to have afternoon tea with the Governor, uh, our Governor-General here in Queensland. And I had to laugh to myself. I thought, 
two years down the track, who would think that because of the work I'm doing, I would mm. receive an invitation to Government House. So ah. <laughs> um, it's interesting how some, you know, you think you just have a small idea, but who's going to listen to you? It's interesting sometimes where that small idea can take you. I have had that experience myself. <laughs> so that is wonderful. So where can people find these cards? Can you give some um, some websites and some uh, connect details so people can start using these cards for themselves? Yes, certainly. Um, they can purchase the cards and they come with a companion booklet that they can record uh, their stories and that in. And it's uh, they can purchase them from the website which is called yourlifetalks.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yourlifetalks.com. And can they find out more about you on this website? Yes, certainly. Yes, certainly. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Any other last words you'd like to share, Jolene, before we end? Certainly, if I've encouraged anybody out there and... Uh, I know, I know they'll be thinking, yes, that's something that I should do. I should start writing down my life story. Um, I, I can empathize. I know it's a, a difficult thing to do, but the fun thing to do is to get the cards and use them with your family and you will be very surprised how much that they will, how much fun it is for a start. And secondly, how surprised they will be when you start answering some of those questions on the cards with things that they've never heard you talk they've about before. They've never heard. No. They've never heard. <laughs> now, somebody I spoke with who does similar kinds of work suggested that, at least for the U.S., this would be a fun thing to bring to Thanksgiving. Um, now, I know that that's not a holiday that you celebrate, but that's a time when often families are gathered and... Um, Yes. Maybe uh, a great time to, to bring these cards out and and start the process. Absolutely. And it's not just for the seniors in the family to answer the questions. It's for everybody. Uh, we've, we've had uh, things like uh, family reunions, you know, similar to Thanksgiving, family reunions, cousins, uh, get-togethers where they haven't seen each other for 20 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they've taken the cards along just to get the conversation going about what have you been doing in the last 20 years. And they've reported back to us it's been an immense amount of fun using them in the family group. So certainly Thanksgiving would be the ideal time to have them out. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I love I love that idea. And it just sounds so friendly and connecting and I just love the spirit of it. It, it. it just, I mean, I'm a psychotherapist, of course, so that's going to appeal to me. <laughs> but there's something about it that really, you know, it really gets at our humanity. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, I just noticed uh, in the media a lot, in Australia at the moment, the word conversation is being used so much. It's, it's websites are coming up. TV programs, the conversation. I think it's one of those things. Maybe we're getting back to the the idea that what is important in our lives is family and community. Mm. It's something maybe that we've we've veered away from. Um, there's been a lot of you know the the me society, but we're all getting back to starting to see that what's important in our life is our family and our and our community. So. 
Um, and that all involves conversations. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it occurs to me, it's the opposite of having conversations on Facebook. You know, it, it, it really is a, a very different experience than having how many ever so-called friends um, who you may not even recognize if you saw them in your supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but something very different than, you know, online friends to actually asking people in your life these really um, important conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, these conversations. That's wonderful. Jolene, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for figuring out the time change with me. I think the audience is going to love hearing about these cards and I will put your, your website in the notes so that they can find you. Lovely. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. Next week, we're going to speak with Liz O'Donnell. Liz is the author of a book called Working Daughters, A Guide to Caring for Your Aging Parents. And you may have seen her work uh, recently in the Atlantic Monthly. She also has a thriving online community. Liz talks about how difficult it is to hold down a job while raising your family and caring for an elderly parent or relative. And I think that will resonate with most of us. She's gotten a lot of uh, accolades for her work. See you then.